0: All right, there we go. So, uh, episode 26. Yeah, 26. I looked, I looked at our, uh, we did our first podcast on November 7th of last year, uh, you know, when the, when, world was, when the world was normal. And here we are six months later. Who would have guessed?
1: Yeah, I mean, not much has changed in our world, right? Yeah. I mean, we're pretty much the same. Right, yeah. Except for we're
0: all hunkered down and we can't leave our houses, and you know, and sports has been canceled and all that. Will you recap for us really quickly in thirty seconds or less? Twenty twenty. Twenty twenty. I would say recap thirty seconds. Uh, uh, normalcy for two months. COVID nineteen takes over, and then murder
1: hornets. Right? And then <laughs> murder hornets. I, right. Well, but we had threats of uh, World War Three, Iran bombs. Right. Australian fires. Kobe died, uh, which is an NBA superstar. And how many NBA superstars do you know dying in their forties? I well, mean, not, not that many. rarely happens. Yeah. Uh, you know, Murder Hornets are not, That's May. We're level five of Jumanji. Yeah. Murder Hornets. Level yeah. six, June. Forget it. Man. Yeah, geez. Uh,
0: I, I, I'm looking forward to some normalcy, but I don't know if it's going to happen. You know. So yeah. this is the new normal. This is the new normal. Well, you know, and so on top of all of that. Right, there are still the NCA is still investigating uh, schools with as we've talked about. There have been minor allegations, uh, and then this week there have been a couple of bombshells dropped.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It has to do with that basketball stuff. With the basketball stuff. So the first
0: one happened on May or on May fourth, which was Monday. Louisville got hit with a, a slap across the face. Right. So so Louisville gets hit with. Um one level one allegation for improper recruiting offers to a former signee named Brian Bowen, the second. And then three level two allegations, including one against the formal, former basketball coach, Rick, Rick Pitino, and, you know, who's now the current coach of the Iona, you remember their mascot? Gales. The Gales, you knew that one. You taught me. Okay, yeah, good work. And when I'm taught something, I don't forget. You don't it. forget. I steal trap. Absolutely. So here's what we know about what happened with Louisville, right? So Louisville is alleged to have um, uh, to have through Adidas, through Adidas have recruited a player by the name of Brian Bowen II, and paid him up to hundred thousand dollars to get him to sign with Louisville. So what happened was Bowen was this you know five star recruit, great player. He was all set to go to Arizona. And then Arizona signed, had a couple of kids come back, so he wasn't going to get playing time. So he reopened his recruitment, and then all of a sudden he falls in the lap of Louisville. Mm-hmm. Behind the scenes, we know that there was an individual by the name of James Gatto who had connected with Bowen's father and agreed with Louisville, supposedly, allegedly, that they were going to get him $100,000 to go to Louisville, an Adidas school, to get him to sign there. He ended up um, not. Being declared ineligible because of this information and played overseas and now is trying to make it into the NBA. So The first question that so Louisville is fighting these allegations, right? So Louisville is saying, you know, okay to the extent that some of this stuff happened We didn't know about it And Rick Pitino is saying even though he's alleged to have failed to promote an atmosphere of compliance He's saying no no no. no I, I knew what was going on. None of this stuff is true So, first question, I think, for me is, you get, what does it mean if you have a level one allegation? A level one allegation is brought, is thrown on your desk. What does that mean?
1: Yeah, so the levels are, it's either a level one, level two, level three, or level four. Level ones are the most serious. Level two, a little less. Level three, a little bit less. Level four, real minor. Example of a level four violation might be something really tic-tac and minor, you know, Student athletes are supposed to sign some form before they start playing. They forgot to sign it. Uh, level three violation can be maybe an impermissible phone call or text. You start getting to level ones and twos, and it's significant. Level ones are majors. You know this is this is egregious. It's basically the egregious scale. How serious the violation is. How bad this is. You get charged with level one stuff, and that's where there's like bowl bands, postseason bans. People get fired. Show cause orders are issued, programs go under. Um, So you never want the level one stuff to ever come. Level threes and fours are common. That's gonna be, oops, we we made a a butt dial to recruit, let's let's file it, oh, they didn't fill that little form out. We gotta file it, and it's probably healthy to have some of those kind of violations on the books. I mean, NC is gonna look at it suspiciously if you have a program uh, for six months that has zero violations. You're going to think, well, wait a minute, they've never had anything happen? You're going to want some three and four level violations. You don't want the ones. The ones and the twos, but the ones especially. I mean, that that's really significant. So here, Louisville, these are significant. This is getting lawyers involved. This is going to take a long time. It's really, really significant. So the other, the next question I had was,
0: you know, they. so you talked about level one, and you said level one and level two are the ones that it's time to lawyer up, right? So level two allegations, specifically this allegation that The head coach failed to promote an atmosphere of compliance. Mm -hmm. That phrase, I've heard that phrase before.
1: So what does that mean? Yeah, so, okay, so two things here. Not long ago, the NCAA implemented head coach responsibility. It used to be that head coaches could sort of bury their head in the sand, and all the people below them, assistant coaches, staff members, could do bad things, and then they would always say, I didn't know. Nobody brought this to my attention. Nobody told me. I didn't know and get off the hook and and so they would sort of like turn a blind eye to bad deeds so the NCAA then said no we're not we're not doing that anymore and coach now there's head coach responsibility you're going to be found liable whether you knew or didn't know based on that you should have known because you're the head coach so if your assistant coaches student athletes or staff members video ops person director of ops are doing something impermissible you should have known about it you should know what your staff is doing so we're going to pin it on you so by doing that, you have to foster a culture of compliance. What this means is you need to make time for the compliance office to meet with you guys once a week okay. or, or once a month. right? So it's complicated. So, so there's not just that. <clears throat> there's that. You have to keep a um, – this is probably the most hot-button issue right now in the NCA. You also have to keep a binder of communications that you send out um, to your staff. Uh, rules that you're having, rules that you allow to have happen. You need to show that you've fostered this large-scale culture of compliance amongst your student athletes, amongst your staff, amongst yourself, that you're aware of what's going on, You're, you're, everybody's following the rules, you're promoting emails out there to your staff, you're forwarding correspondence from compliance. Those are ways you can show fostering a culture of compliance, and so that's the problem. He's not doing it by saying this either didn't happen or I didn't know anything about it, well, show us the proof. Show us what you were doing to foster a culture of compliance. Well, you don't have any records. You haven't done this. You haven't done that. There's violations all over the place. Kids are getting paid to play. That's not a culture of compliance, so that that's what it is. Well, it's interesting. You know, Louisville is really nervous about
0: this, obviously, and this is these are serious allegations. Louisville was placed on probation from 2017 for four years. So they're in probation still mm-hmm. from some allegations that they had, you know, hired some uh, strippers and things like that for uh, uh for some recruits coming to the school um and so they're on probation already
2: mm-hmm.
1: so does that aggravate the potential penalty against louisville absolutely i mean that's the whole point of being on probation right i mean imagine if the police have you on probation and then you break the law all of a sudden it's going to be an aggravating factor right so they're if they're found guilty of this They're going to be just hammered. I mean, forget it. Louisville, you guys have problems for decades. I mean, it's going to be really, really bad. That's why they really have to fight this to the hilt, probably, because, gosh, if they end up... The NCAA's not going to have a lot of sympathy for them. They're not going to be that motivated to settle with them, that sort of thing, because they're already a bad actor as it is. You know, we've had problems, and there's been... I mean, these are all allegations. I don't want to say anything bad about Rick Pitino, but there's been a lot of smoke following this guy for a while um, and that's one thing honestly that the NCA sometimes looks at if there's a kind of an obscure program that historically hasn't gotten premier recruits Memphis um, Oregon um, for, for a certain sport or you know some random school suddenly they're getting a bunch of four and five star recruits out of nowhere the NCA does ping into that a little bit doesn't mean it's illegal for them to suddenly have turned around the recruiting and maybe they just suddenly got the right coaches and it's working out for them. Great. But it's going to raise the ire of these. It's going to put an antenna up and they're going to start then digging around. What's going on? How's that school suddenly getting a bunch of premier recruits? And sure enough, sometimes where there's smoke, there's fire. And obviously, I mean, if all these things are true, which we don't know, I mean, right, nothing's been, but, but it's, out, it's alleged, uh, it's pretty bad. It's pretty bad. Yeah, it'll be
0: interesting to see what happens with these allegations as they're continuing to fight you know you feel bad for the kids that are there right now who weren't part of patino's program who were recruited to play there we're, we're looking at maybe a couple a year or two of you know not being eligible for the ncaa mm-hmm. not being eligible for postseason tournaments so you feel bad so then then on thursday uh the ncaa enforcement office sent notice of allegations to kansas we're talking blue blood basketball programs louisville kansas and 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 specifically against kansas this is this is even more serious than louisville they have five level one violations two level two violations and one level three violations and some of those are related to football but the level one violations are all and the most serious one is lack of institutional control okay so that again that's a phrase that i've heard a lot so someone says a school is, is getting dinged for lack of
1: institutional control, what does that mean? Yeah, so that's a little bit different than, than there's like a failure to monitor and a lack of institutional control. It, lack of institutional control is sort of a vague term, but it's the idea that the whole institution has just lost control of what it's doing. Uh, you know, you've got boosters doing things, you've got recruiting violations, you're, you, nobody's getting educated properly, it's a total mess on campus. We've had problem after problem after problem where the NCAA says, you know what, you guys have such a mess going, you've totally lost control. Your administrators don't have control, compliance doesn't have control, your coaches are out of control, we're going to charge you with lack of institutional control. That's the charge they use for postseason bans and scholarship reductions. I mean, it really could say, for two years, Kansas, no postseason, and instead of getting uh, you know, 13 men's basketball scholarships. Uh, you're going to be reduced to eight, Jeez. and so good luck to you. Now, now you're short three scholarships, four scholarships on the floor, and you can't go to a postseason. So those elite players that can go to Duke or other places are going to go elsewhere. Kansas can end up falling off the map and not returning for 10 years. Yeah, it'd be crazy. Um, I don't know, and, you know. I don't know if you remember this. Not long ago, Snoop Dogg was invited, right, to Louis or to Kansas. To their men's basketball game, and he did a concert basically at halftime. Right. There's smoke machines. There's stripper poles, put on the floor, and strippers, not fully naked, but like dancing in like scantily clad dressing dresses, dancing on stripper poles. Uh, so what I'm trying to do is give you an idea of the mindset of Kansas in the middle of being on having a problem, being investigated, being investigated. You know what? Let, let's have Snoop Dogg come at one of our men's basketball programs and have stripper poles and music and talk about money and guns and sex uh, to our college basketball game. That, that makes sense, right? It doesn't make any sense. And so you can tell that obviously, no offense again to, again to Kansas, but somebody there needs to kind of get control of things. It's compliance, it's administrators, the athletic director, and get things kind of brought back in place and serious. Kansas is a blue blood, amazing program. And I want to see Kansas successful for a long, long time. Right now, things are way out of whack, and they're going to get crushed, and it's going to last for a long, long time. But one day, they're going to return from this. They're going to have a stronger compliance office, stronger administrators. But the fallout's going to be really, really harsh. This is is worse stuff than USC had going on.
0: Yeah. Well, Kansas, so Kansas is similar to Louisville. The allegations are very similar, right? Same kind of thing. Same players actually, same the same names: Gatto, Gasanola, all these same people who are Dawkins, right? Dawkins, all the same people, right? Same people that are at Louisville, same people that are at Kansas, same people at NC State, at other school Arizona. It's the same people, so same thing. They facilitated ninety thousand dollars to uh, the former former Kansas recruit named Billy Preston got his mom, got his mom, paid another 20,000 to the current guardian, Silvio D'Souza, who's another heck, really good player that's at Kansas right now. Um, And so it's it's a lot of the same allegations. Of course, Kansas is saying none of this is true. And it's interesting because one of the things that Kansas is arguing is, the NCAA is trying to paint these Adidas runners, essentially, as boosters. So they're saying that these boosters, as we've talked about many times, you know like how Penny Hardaway was a booster mm-hmm. and that's what happened that's what happened with james winston so but they're trying to bl- blame the or la- or label these uh, Adidas' runners as boosters, mm-hmm. but they're not graduates of Kansas or louisville or wherever they are they're um, so does that still- qual- even though they're not graduates, can they still be boosters?
1: Oh sure, yeah, because being a graduate doesn't automatically make you a booster, believe it or not. It's it's now if you played if you were a student athlete there, or or but you have to also have maybe promoted student athletes. Now were they season ticket holders? Did they contribute to the school uh, in athletics in any way? Did they promote athletics to the so, school? So okay,
0: so if so if the argument for the NCAA is that that these runners for adidas are promoting the school in the athletic department department by paying them this money then that qualifies them
1: as boosters i think so and i think what the nc wants them to be boosters because it's going to make it easier to get teeth around them to make this a violation because otherwise the school might be able to wiggle out and say we just had some weird runners uh, attacking our kids and stuff. Well, what do you want us to do? How are we supposed to know? But if they're boosters, it's like you had boosters. You should have, you have more control over those guys. You should have been educating your boosters. The NCAA is trying to get more teeth. It doesn't mean they can't punish them if they don't find them to be boosters, but it's going to be easier. So the NCAA wants them to be boosters. And remember, boosters is a, a, a label for life that you have right once a booster always, always a booster, booster. And once a booster always a booster and it can be somebody that promotes the athletic programs i mean cuz you could have a a booster that let's say let's say spencer you never attended BYU you just grew up as a big fan and but you went to local treasure valley college never never ended up get, going to university but you're a huge fan and you started donating to the athletic program 20 bucks a month and occasionally would attend some football games you're a booster you're donating, you're, port, you're supporting, you're, you're publicizing the program on your Twitter and your Facebook. Right, so it's, it's a broad definition, and then you're a booster for life. And so if the NSA can get these guys to be boosters, um, that's going to be great for them, and that's going to help them really dig their teeth into these blue blood programs. And, and these po- programs are actually in the fight of their life at this point. This is, I mean, this is the fight of their life. Uh, They might not be competitive for another decade if this happens, 15 years. And so... Well, And Kansas had
0: just signed in 2019, April 2019, a 14-year, $196 million deal with Adidas. So so that Kansas was... I mean, Kansas is one of their flagship programs
1: for Adidas sports. Yeah, and these Adidas guys, this is funny, right? These are ground-level runners right where there this isn't adidas itself but it's people on the floor if you'll notice adidas has done a really good job of getting their tentacles into sports at the young level if you watch what middle schoolers and high schoolers are wearing at some of these basketball tournaments it's a lot of adidas adidas has done a great job it used to be nike and adidas has done a great job let's start young let's get them used to adidas and then let's steer them to adidas schools right and then they can get them to the right agents and it's all part of this kind of conveyor belt that we talked about that starts around middle school and goes all the way to the pros. The problem was how stupid it really is because think about this, if you're gonna send a mom, 90 grand, or a kid, 90 grand. Somebody's going to find out every single time. Right. It, these are conspiracies. you That's how you get criminals to, to, to talk, right? Somebody's going to tell somebody. One kid is going to maybe have drinks one night and, and loosen up and, and slip some oh, by the way, they paid me, da-da-da-da-da. That's going to happen at some point. It absolutely is. There's no way to prevent that, and so it was. It's never going to work if you're paying players or or paying parents for kids. It's always going to come out. And here we go. It might come out one, two, three, four years later, and now you're just in a world of hurt. Careers are over. It's a mess. Well, and it'd be, and I
0: as I I, I was listening to Dan Patrick's show this morning, and and one of the things that's really unique is how this is going to play when it's when things are. Uh, change with the name, image, and likeness. Yeah. So, yeah. But all of this is going to work. You know, we'll, we'll continue to monitor the situation. We'll continue to inform everybody about what we hear when actual penalties are, are, are laid out and kind of what's going to happen there. Yeah. But this, this, this whole thing could be blown up once name, image, and likeness, the new rules come down.
1: Uh, yeah, we'll see. Well, we'll, we'll see because there's a, some caveats to that. Because this deals with recruiting, name, right. image, likeness deals with current student athletes, but right? But but like Adidas could say,
0: you go to this school, we'll sign you to a, an a, a, a sponsorship agreement.
1: There could be, and a, that's not supposed to happen that way, though. Why? Well, you know, I'm, right, I'm, <laughs> I'm just saying that's <laughs> the bad side.
0: I'm just saying that right. you
1: know that's that's yeah. that's
0: that's the concern, right? The, yeah. the name, image, and likeness. Right. So
1: well, we'll dig more into it. This is just the tip of the iceberg. That's right. All right. That yeah, pretty quick. I didn't realize I was like, okay, good. We'll call this guy. All
0: right. What does that sound mean, Aaron? We have a caller. That's right. That's right. So today, who are we interviewing? Todd Hewitt. He's the director of equipment for the USC Trojans. Okay, fight on. Uh, and as always, this call is brought to us by Welch, Brun, and Green. It's a law firm based in Portland. We specialize in workers' comp, social security, disability, uh, and, um, uh, and personal injury claims.
1: But we also do what? We do collegiate sports law. We basically can do whatever a compliance office can do. We do consulting services for student athletes, parents, administrators, schools. Hit us up. Let us know if you need some help, and we'll help you out. Well, how does someone get in contact with us? 503 221 0870. That's our law firm phone number. And just ask for Aaron or Spencer. That's right. Or you can email us at college sports attorneys
0: at gmail.com. Or uh, you can email me at skelly at wbgattty.com. Or email Aaron at aprice at wbgattty.com. Give us a call, you won't regret it. Alright, so here we are going to the phones, and and who do we have on the phones today?
1: Yeah, we have an exciting caller. So basically, we have Todd Hewitt, and he's Director of Equipment for USC Trojans. And Todd's a good friend of mine. I've known Todd for for a long time, uh, ever since I started at USC. And uh, I was sort of charged with helping on equipment early on when I came to USC and so we worked really closely together we've always gotten along i've always respected todd he's the nicest guy in the world he's a family man uh he's hard working he puts up with a bunch of crap from a bunch of different people he's got a hard job and does it really really well and so i'm excited to have him part of our podcast today
0: all right well hey todd how you doing
2: good doing great how you guys doing
0: today we're doing we're doing really well Hey, so, um, you know, what, one of the first questions we always like to ask uh, people who come on our podcast is kind of give us, Todd, if you won't, don't mind, kind of give us a little bit of your background. Kind of, you know, uh, how you got into the business where you are and what your current position is.
2: Okay, well, I really, this has been, I've been doing this basically my whole life. Uh, I really, uh, my dad was an equipment manager before I was, uh, so I helped start helping him. It's kind of funny he uh he was at USC uh in 1966, 67 and 68 and I was just really really young with helping him out and uh he went to the Rams after that the Los Angeles Rams and I helped him as a ball boy you know growing up in in the locker room and then um basically when I uh, helped him all the way through and then when I got out of school I would go back uh, I had planned to go to law school, um, but when I got got my degree, I was going to work for him for a year, and one year turned into two, and two turned into four, and um, basically, after being with the Rams for uh, 34 years, um, I left there, went to Cal for 10 months, and, um, was offered the uh, SC job right after that, and I've been at SC now going on my, my uh, ninth year.
1: Wow yeah it's a honestly todd has a really amazing story i mean because because his your sons are you have two sons that are involved in equipment right todd
2: uh my one son is working for me at usc and my other son uh is now at unlv he was at fresno and he just accepted a job at uh at uh, unlv here uh uh like a month ago
1: yeah it's pretty cool i mean there's a whole a whole family that have been involved in equipment for life. I mean, it's a really cool story, actually, and so I really appreciate that. It's pretty exciting. Um, so, Todd, I guess maybe give us a little uh, background. So, sort of for somebody, some of our listeners that are not sure what the equipment office might do for you know, like USC. Like, what's a typical day, week, month for you? How do you spend your time? How do you stay busy? Well, uh, um, uh,
2: really, it's one of those things where uh i uh i mean i oversee all 21 sports so i deal with football on a daily basis but i also oversee and do all the uh ordering and things for all 21 sports at usc so my day consists of uh numerous things throughout the day but uh you know during the school year i usually start during the fall i'm at work before 6 and i don't leave until probably around 7:30 at night <laughs> so uh But between uh, just taking care of the football end of it every day, and then also uh, the other sports, you you know, you have a lot of things going on.
1: Yeah, I mean, you your hours are amazing. I mean, I think your commitment's unbelievable. I mean, I I I don't. (laughs) I I mean, I've seen times where you maybe you know there's been a family event that's going on. I I won't share all the details, but that maybe
2: you weren't there for, you know, that sort of thing. (laughs) And uh, but but it's. You know, well, to be honest to be to be honest with you, uh, it's kinda funny. I missed uh when I was at the Rams, I missed my uh Josh who's my second child. I missed his uh birth because I was in New Orleans for the uh, at that time and and my wife uh was not supposed to go shopping and she did and uh went into labor and I couldn't uh and I couldn't it was Thanksgiving weekend and I couldn't get a flight out to get back. So I stayed for the game and
1: oh, and
2: came back after the uh Came back after the uh, after the game on Sunday night. Oh, man. Went right to the hospital.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a commitment. I mean, that, but that's how it is, right? I mean, they're, I mean, you got to travel with that team. I've seen you in action, man. Early mornings, late night, weekends. Um, now, at USC, I know we worked uh, together a lot. Um, you know, we put in some policies and procedures our, our, uh, to kind of protect, you know, student athletes and recruits and make sure that, you know, gear's not being sold or, you know, listed on yeah. uh, websites yeah. and, and, and that there's some controls with recruits that are trying to try on gear. Are, are those same policies in place today at USC or they've been modified or changed at all with new rules?
2: We've, we've modified them a bit, but I mean really the, the procedures that you and I put into place are really the, are the uh, cornerstone of what, uh, what we do at USC. And, and to be honest with you, I've had numerous other, uh, I've had numerous other schools that have contacted me and, and kind of sent them the policy. and. And they've kind of adopted them and do the same type of thing. Uh, so, yeah, you know, yeah, one of the things we put in, w- one of the things we put in right away was basically having mm-hmm. the players or all the athletes on every sport sign a, uh, a gear policy every year that the gear, there's gonna, the, the, the gear that they're receiving is for you know their personal use, not to be used as a, uh, not to be used for uh, you know trading, barter, or anything like that kind of deal.
1: Yeah, I mean cuz it's uh, there's been problems with that, right? I mean in the in some schools, uh, you know, Oregon or others where you know that it's uh, it's it's they get a lot of cool swag and it's easy to kind of maybe autograph it or do something or sell it or trade it and and it's high value items, well, uh, you know.
2: Well, I think especially on the items that you really need to watch or and we and I think you were there when we the first year we did a custom glove and yeah. the glove was something you couldn't get anywhere else, but basically you, something that from the equipment room and then if you saw it somewhere else or you saw a high school kid uh putting it out on uh on uh you know on uh, instagram or something like that you're like okay where, where are these coming from so uh so i think it's one of those that that's one of the biggest things you have is just items that you know you can't get anywhere else like custom made shoes or gloves or even a article of clothing that you can't get anywhere
1: yeah, that's well and, and you guys are in a and that's exactly right by the way. I mean, those are the one items because we knew if the kid the recruiter somebody did have that, they must have gotten it from someone on our team. Uh-huh. And that's yeah. a that's a bad thing. And we, we you know, it was kind of funny when I was at USC. Me and another guy in compliance would stand outside the locker room and recruits would come in and and celebrate post game and you would have, you know, five or 10 or a bunch of equipment people there too. And it was just a madhouse of people and but we would stand there as kind of a last resort as, as recruits were coming out to make sure they weren't taking gear with them you right. know and it oh, was
2: yeah, a yeah. we it was, still have the incident we had a we had an incident this year where a coach got a pair of gloves for a kid to try like in a photo shoot and uh, there was a, it was a big photo shoot but they had a kid who was a 4x glove and so I went down and got the gloves and so when everything came back I'm like where are the gloves and They're like, well, uh, we sent them down the weight room. Or, you know, they came up with some excuse. I'm like, well, that's not a good enough reason. And (laughs) and, uh, sure enough, uh, you know, the kid did take them. And they had to, like, say, well, if you're going to keep being recruited by USC, we need the gloves back. And, uh, and we did get them back, yeah, because it's like we can't recruit you until we get the gloves back kind of deal.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's pretty serious. I mean, that's the But the kids really want these items because they're really cool swag. And once you become a student athlete, you get a ton of cool swag. But um, anything, uh, any cool gear stuff or any, anything cool at USC kind of going on is, is for any of the teams?
2: Oh uh, yeah, we 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 have a bunch of custom stuff coming out next year for a lot of the teams. Uh, you know, right now we're in a kind of a holding pattern, but we just did a we just did a shirt that we sent out to all the uh, athletes and staff members. Uh, kind of a COVID nineteen shirt that said "We Fight as One," and then it says "We Fight as One," but then also the "Fight On" shows up as a two as a different color. Um, oh, that's shirt. cool. So. Uh, we sent those out to the whole athletic department here in the last uh, month or so. Uh, but we have uh, our uh, tracks got a brand new uh, silhouette coming out for 2021 uh, with a brand new material that basically, when you run it, and the light hits it, it goes from one color to another kind of deal. No. Uh, <laughs> so yeah. So the nice thing is we can do a lot of we can do a lot more with uh, like some of the Olympic sports football it's very hard to do anything because we're such a traditional school. And, uh, you know, if we do anything out of the ordinary, uh, people always start calling in, like, why are we doing that kind of deal? Like, you know, a lot of the recruits always ask me, are we going to wear a black helmet or a black Jersey? I'm like, Not in your
1: lifetime. Yeah, because i always wondered that. I mean, USC, because I've I've heard rumors that maybe there would be some sort of alternative jersey, whether it's a bronze or a a Tommy Trojan. But, you know, for a little while we had shiny helmets, and those seemed to kind of go by the wayside. But it seems like it's really hard at USC to get football to commit to any sort of alternative uniform, right? I mean, that's just, they're not interested. It really is. I mean, the one year when
2: Lane Kiffin was our head coach, we wore like a red and gold shoe and you know we and we were and we were and we were touted as the number one team in the nation going into the season and we ended up going seven and six and losing the sun bowl to georgia tech and and you know after the whole thing the reason was that we wore these red red shoes and red socks that if we had been in black shoes and white socks we would have been you know national champions so uh so uh, you know i think those things always go the wayside when uh when those things happen, it's a kind of
1: deal. It's funny, you know. It's like it's a like Oregon gets some of that too, where, where things are going well, their 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 uh-huh. gear is cool and sexy and it's swag. If they start losing, it's like you guys need to shut up about your gear, wear green and yellow, and get playing football. It's it's almost like it's yeah. like <laughs> you know. So equipment does get blamed if the football's not doing well. It's it's partially yeah. equipment's fault. You know. Well, <laughs>
2: well I, I always tell when recruits come in, and they always ask, to so, you know, are we going to have uh, you know white pants or?" You know, uh, black jersey or bronze jersey or something. I said, you know what? I said, I said, we're the New York Yankees of college football. I said, we're not, uh, Yankees have never changed their uniforms and we're not going to ever change ours. You know, when you look on a Saturday and you look on TV, you know what you're getting when USC's on the field. It's not like when uh, Maryland or somebody else is playing where you're like, well, God, who is that? You know, I've never seen that uniform before. So I said, yeah, we're going to be the same almost all the time.
1: Yeah, and that's a great point. I mean, it's the same kind of idea. You're not going to see the Yankees come out with some sort of, you know, uh, purple uniform with all kinds of lightning bolts on it. They, they don't do that stuff. You know, it's it's. <laughs> no. And so no. it's it's we don't put the names on the back because it's bigger than you. It's about USC, and if you want to be part of this, yeah. So there's a definitely a way to probably use that to your recruiting advantage as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, but oh, that's cool. Do you think we would ever get the shiny helmets back, or is that kind of just one of those one and done sort of things?
2: No, I I mean, I really liked them. I thought they looked great. I thought it was a really good look. And when when, uh, Coach Arkeesian was here and he wanted to do something, I said, okay, well, we can do something, but we have to do something within the traditional thing. And we can get away with this because it is still traditional in our sense of our color, but it's not, you know. And, like, when I kind of sold it to Upstairs, you know, I, I mean, I, I had to go upstairs and I'm like, well, why are we doing this? I know the coach Cartesian wants to do it. And he goes, well, you know, why, why do we need to do that? We've always been to someone. I said, Well, you know, I said, I and I told the guy in charge, I said, you know, I said, you might still have an eight-track cassette in your in your <laughs> right, in your right. uh, car, but most people don't. Yeah. And yeah. I said, so what we're doing, I said, we're going, I said, we're going from a cassette to something more, uh, more, uh, more, you know, more. Uh, more up to date. I right? said that's what this is really. Uh, so he, uh, so he finally, he finally, they finally uh, signed off on it, kind of deal. I like it. Well, and
1: that's a good point. I mean, because even the Yankees. Have made some tweaks, you know, minor little tweaks to to keep up to, to date. You know, it doesn't look like the Babe yeah, Ruth yeah. days exactly. You know, and <laughs> yeah, and yeah. so it's a sell the pinstripes. Pen yeah, you sell the pinstripes. It's it's the general gist. Well, what are with COVID nineteen uh, going on and this big pandemic? I mean, are you able to even go in and work right now, or or, or how are your uh, well, days?
2: They, been? They, they deem me an essential employee, so I go in every day still. Oh, so, you do? Okay, uh, okay. Yeah, I go in, but it's been kind of amazing because <laughs> what I've been able to do is. Like, the first thing that happened, we we decided to send a care package to every one of the football players, like a, like a couple pair of shorts and a workout shoes and say, hey, you're on your own, but keep working out. Yeah. So we were able to do that. But then as time's gone on, we sent the COVID-19 shirts out, the, the whole athletic department, and now I've been sending, like, um, the women's tennis and men's tennis. I sent them, like, each, each athlete three dozen tennis balls and a pair of court shoes to, you know, kind of be on their own, but work out we are now sent track, uh, a pair of workout shoes. So, I, I, you know, and then you still have to get prepared for the season. So Nike, all my Nike products have been coming in, and, and uh, i am still got orders for, you know, helmets and shoulder pads and things like that. So, so yeah, it's, I mean, it, it's the only difference between what's going on with me work, now work is when I go to work, I don't get interrupted by, uh, by an athlete saying he needs this or he needs that or <laughs> I lost this. And so I can not get work done a lot quicker.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, that more efficient. That's good. So okay, so you're able to get there, and
2: and uh, has
1: your you have a team of about eight to ten people that kind of work under you. Is that right? Yes.
2: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. But oh. they, but, yeah, but none of them can come in right now. So oh, just you. Uh, the, okay. Yeah, the only one that can come in is Travis. Can come in because he can come in to do the inventory and, and things like that. My son, and, and since he's living with us right now, it's not an issue of him going to work. Because uh, we don't have the social distancing, uh, so he's been able to go into work with me too and, and do some things at work.
1: Oh, that's but the rest
2: cool. of the the rest of the people can't come in, and it's kind of funny. I mean, you've been in you've been in Heritage and John McKay, and the only days anybody else is there on Wednesday, on Monday, Wednesday, Friday, they have rehab for one athlete at a time um, oh. come in. Uh, and but other than that, there's no one in, there's no one in the building at all. It's pretty amazing.
1: Wow. I mean, gosh, are, are you it, – it, what are you thinking about this football season? I mean, do you think it has any chance of going?
2: Yeah, I think it does. I think, I think we will have something. Hmm. I don't know. We may be playing in front of empty stadiums or things like that. Or, you know, you might go somewhere where they have the stadium open. But, like, you know, you could go to Oregon early. And they kind of said that there would be no – I read yesterday where they said there'll be no nobody in no uh, you know no groups gatherings uh, through September.
1: Yeah, yeah. So like um, so, so, yeah. So,
2: you know I know they play North Dakota State and Ohio State. And, you know I don't know what kind of home field advantage it is playing Ohio State and an empty an empty stadium up there.
1: <laughs> it's gonna be weird. That's but, for sure. Uh, yeah, I think yeah that, but, I think that hurts Oregon quite a bit because I think a big advantage yeah. they have is that crowd noise, really intensity. Oh, I do, yeah, yeah, it does. You know, well, yeah,
2: so. I, I, I mean, I think right now I'm preparing that we're going to have some type of season. I mean, I'm just like I was telling someone <laughs> today that I'm uh, working with a company trying to design a mask that could be wore under a, under a helmet.
1: Oh, that is that is cool. Really? that is that kind so, of a cutting-edge yeah. sort of idea just to kind of maybe have the idea? Yeah, have...
2: just trying to like, hey, something that we might want to think about. You know, I mean, the, instead of waiting till they're saying, hey, they're going to have to have a mask to, to play – look looking, maybe doing something. So when they do mention that, say, "Oh yeah, we already have something in place," kind of deal. Yeah. Uh, so, so we've been kind of working with a company trying to get some prototypes of things just for uh, you know some type of mask to, to wear under a helmet. Wow! So, or, or in conjunction with a helmet, to, you know, to give the athletes a little protection, or if they feel they need it, they can wear it, kind of deal.
1: Wow, that is really cool. Un- unprecedented times right now. I mean, this is this is amazing. I mean, this is. I'm, you know, curious. If the NFL goes, college football goes, and if so, how, and all of those fun things. Uh-huh. I mean, gosh, it's. Uh, were you going to say something, Spencer?
0: No, yeah. it's just, yeah, it, that's 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 encouraging to hear.
2: Yeah,
1: but it but it also
0: is. It's just amazing that we're in this this time frame. I
2: mean, it, it, and it's going to be hard to say. I mean, what do you do if like your school is going to take online classes? Do you let the athletes come back, even though you know they're taking online classes? You let them come back to to work to to, uh, you know, practice and, 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 there's, you know, we, we've, we've been talking about some of the protocol that when the athletes do come back, how are we going to handle, you know, uh, athletes in the locker room, athletes in the weight room, athletes in the training room, you know, athletes on the field, you know, how do you, you know, try to keep social distancing of some kind, but how do you do that while you're trying to practice and things like that? So, so there's a lot of stuff to go into it, you know, as we go, as we go forward here in the next, uh month and a half to two months but you know hopefully we'll we'll you know figure something out here
1: yeah gosh well todd i man, i appreciate your time i know you're a a busy man i appreciate you kind of jumping on this podcast and i always really respected you i always thought you did such a great job but
2: well you're you're great to work with i mean you were you were phenomenal i mean anytime i had a question about compliance you had the answer for me or (laughs) if we didn't have the answer we, we we came up with an answer and uh and uh, like you like I said, you set the foundation that the uh that our whole compliance department is basically uh uh you know working with now still
1: no oh, well, I appreciate that Todd, man, and uh yeah, I miss working with you guys and um uh, but I know there's big things ahead, hopefully football goes, hopefully you and your uh family- stay safe from all this covid nineteen stuff keep on plugging away and and we'll be in touch, man. But I really appreciate your well, Wade. So,
2: anytime I can help you guys, please let me know. We'll do All man. Right. Thanks, right. Todd. Take care, okay.
1: Todd. Bye. Right. Okay.
2: Thanks. Appreciate it. Thanks.
0: Well, I, I'll tell you what, I've met Todd. In fact, I've, I've got it I you gave me a tour of the uh, of the department there. <laughs> It's unbelievable. It's unbelievable to me that he and his son are doing that all just by themselves. That is such a huge department.
1: Yeah, it, it's amazing. I mean, USC Trojans athletics, and he and his son, amidst, all twenty-one sports. Yeah, amidst this COVID nineteen, are handling the whole thing. And you're actually wearing a shirt Todd Hewitt gave you right, That's right now. He threw this at me, and I caught it with my
0: with my own two hands. Yeah. There's a polo here, USC polo you know, fight on. Of course,
1: I, every time I wear this polo, I, I just wanna scream, fight on. I mean, you fight know? on. Now, now I know all, not all the listeners like USC, but you gotta respect that two people can do USC Trojans athletics equipment, right? We're talking cleaning helmets, fixing helmets, shipping gear, ordering gear, folding things, cleaning things, shoes, gear, shirts, pants. It's unbelievable. The operation is nonstop. It's seven days a week. And he's, he's such a cool guy because his parents, I mean, his dad was in it, he was in it, his sons are in it, they're a, they're a complete family of equipment for sports, and they do it at the highest level. That's so cool. and they're really respected people. Todd's, Todd's always one of those guys, he's a really just ethical, down-to-earth guy, family guy, nice guy, I really respect him, and that's why I wanted to bring him on, and you heard him say, I mean, he still uses a lot of the same policies we sort of put in place, uh, and, and if you caught that... One of the policies that I thought was so important is when a student-athlete gets gear for the very first time as a student-athlete, there's a little attestation that has like six things on it. Hey, you can't sell this gear. You can't trade this gear, bar to this gear. You can't do these six things. Sign a date below, and we have you do that every year, the same thing. So then when a student-athlete says, I didn't know I wasn't supposed to be able to do this, well, wait a minute, you signed this attestation three times. Right. You know, that sort of thing, and, and it's cut down on problems significantly. We also keep that on file, we give it to the NCA if they ask. And so if you're out there and you got equipment offices, you need to get policies in place for your student athletes to sign and your recruits to sign. Uh so when the coaches check out gear for your recruits to wear for photo shoots or for inclement weather, um, we need to make sure that gear doesn't stay with the recruit. Right. Otherwise it's an extra right. it's an inducement, right? right? And so make sure you have simple policies in place, keep it on file, work through your compliance office, it's very, very important.
0: Yeah. And you know Todd was just talking about how important that is, and it 's so cool to hear from him again. I met the guy nicest guy in the world, one of the hardest working people you 'll ever meet oh big time. Uh, and just a just a great just a great man so uh, it was cool to have him on um so uh, another week is bias and no sports we 're hearing things are starting to kind of open up, yeah, right uh but we got kind of hit with we got slammed with judge with Governor Brown in Oregon saying that large sporting events, large events, including sporting events and concerts, aren't gonna happen until at least
1: October. She, yeah, she left a caveat out there, though. If you notice in her language, she said, should be canceled, which is interesting. Uh, But my my takeaway is it's probably gonna be canceled. But again, that's several months out. I mean, gosh, what if it turns into a situation where we've really flatlined the curve, it's the middle of August, a bunch of states are open, maybe she flips a switch on that stance, I don't know. Uh, but that there's, that was very curious. There's like 19 states that are completely open right now. A bunch of states open. Things are opening up. There's more traffic out there. There's more people out there. I walked to Starbucks today. There's a line. You know, there's there's a little more traffic on the way to work today. Things are opening up. It, 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 you know people are wearing masks. They're washing hands. They're avoiding avoiding large crowds. But things are malls are coming back. Hiking trails. Things are trending. And if you notice, Todd Hewitt, just like everybody we've talked to, they're optimistic that football's going to happen. They're just not sure how. Yeah. Um, but things are – the pendulum has swung from close, close, close to let's start opening. It's swinging in that direction. The momentum's just going. And so we're going to see where this goes. But right. I think – I bet you a month from now we're going to be more open than we were today. And it's yep. going to just keep on going. Yep. Here's hoping. Uh, we hope that you all out there
0: who are listening are staying healthy and safe. Uh, and um, and hopefully you enjoy this little podcast as we're doing these uh, f- for everybody. And uh, we really appreciate
1: all the support. We've had a lot of support recently. We've had a, a ton of support, and we're we're excited. And we got some fun things I think in the works for the future. And we'll just keep bringing you the knowledge. That's right. That's right. Everybody, stay safe out there, and we'll uh, we'll we'll talk to you again next week. Ciao.